The Law Report with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's Law Report program. I'm joined once again this evening by Michael Begram, Practicing Managing Partner at Begram's Attorneys, Labour Law Specialists here in Cape Town. Michael, good evening. Welcome back once again to the show. Great to Hi. have you. Hi, good evening. It's wonderful to be here. Very excited about tonight's show. We've got lots of interesting things to talk about. We've got people who have written to us. And it's going to be a show full of a smorgasbord of labour law. I like that. Well, if you want to add to that smorgasbord, you can call us on 0892 10 2010. 2010. And before we take our first call, let's get through some of these emails. The first one is from Samilo. He says, I was employed by um, a security company working at Northern Platinum Mine in Tabazimbi at Zonda Ender. In 2011, in June, my employer allegedly accused me of inciting other workers. I was immediately suspended and chased out of the mine and left with no place to go. And when I told them I have no money to go home to Velcom, they told me that was my problem. On the day of the hearing, I was represented by NUM and the chairman dismissed the case due to insufficient evidence. I was told by my manager after the hearing that I'm no longer wanted there, so he advised I take a transfer or be retrenched. I told him I was fine there. After some months, I was retrenched and never got a cent. Please help me. This doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't sound right. But in essence, none of the facts that he's given us of any use in terms of determining whether he was properly retrenched or not. In terms of retrenchment, it's got to be done in terms of Section 189 of the Labor Relations Act. Retrenchment is when certain jobs become um, maybe redundant or they um, no longer needed on the, on, the, on the mine itself. Now, I know Northern Platinum Mine, in fact, has gone through a retrenchment exercise. So this is probably what, in fact, has happened to him. And he is quite a, a junior employee in the sense that he's, he arrived only in June 2011, by the sounds of things. So the reality of the situation is, if he was retrenched before June 2012, uh, he doesn't tell us the date when he was retrenched, then in fact he wouldn't get any monies as a severance payment because monies are paid one week per year of service, per completed year of service. So he wouldn't get that. He would get his notice pay, uh, which is pre probably a month's pay, and as long as they went through a proper retrenchment, uh, then he couldn't challenge it. Now, he is represented by the National Union of Mines. Uh, they're very organized as a union. They, they understand the law quite well, uh, so there shouldn't be a problem. And if he was retrenched, then many others were retrenched as well. And if something was untoward, they would have challenged it. Okay, I, well, he did give us his number. So what I'm going to do is just ask the producer maybe to give him a call so we can get some more facts from him. And then maybe we can clarify it a little bit better for him because he's very unhappy here with uh, the way it's turned out. Well, obviously, I mean, I would be too, but uh, we just need to find out from him if it was done correctly. That's the main thing at this point. Okay. Right, I'm so happy we'll, we'll, with that. we'll try and get hold of Samilo. Well, while we're waiting to get hold of him, let's uh, take another um, email here from Kailetu. who says, Can you help me, please? We are employees of a company, which I don't like to say because they don't have right of reply over here. They have a case of not working overtime because our manager didn't want to pay us our meal, transport and overtime allowance. He also forced us to work overtime, so under his misbehavior we disagreed. They say we failed to obey lawful and reasonable instructions. I can't find any lawful instruction here. Can you please help? Yeah, overtime is an interesting concept in our labor law. Um, you're not forced, in terms of the basic conditions of Employment Act, you're not forced to do overtime. 
However, most companies, and I know much of the larger companies, have agreements with their staff that in terms of their employment, they agree up front to do a certain amount of overtime. And you'll find that mostly it's either contractual or it's contained in their letter of appointment, or they've agreed it with the trade union. Now, once you've agreed to do overtime and then you refuse to do it, that becomes a transgression. But he says here that they weren't being paid their meal, transport and overtime allowance. Yes, but that's, that's different. In other words, if you agree to do the overtime, do the overtime. Just because you're not being paid your overtime allowance or you're getting transport or whatever, it doesn't mean two wrongs don't make a right sure. in law. Never do. So if you don't get paid, then you challenge it and you take it to your trade union. Um, normally in the larger companies, they are unionized. In fact, the company he mentions is in fact unionized. So he would take it to his union and challenge it and say that you were promised to pay for our meal, transport and overtime allowance. You didn't do so. We're now going to challenge you. But they should but work they, it in the first place. But you must always work it because okay. once you've agreed to work it, to work it, it's, you can't say, because you hit me, I'm now going to hit you. Um, two wrongs don't make the right. And in fact, what happens is he'll probably face a disciplinary hearing for not doing the overtime. He's got a defense. Well, there's a group of them, he says, we as employees. Well, so they, obviously correct. there's a group of them, yeah. Uh, the problem is that there probably is a lawful instruction and an agreement to work the overtime. So you must always be careful. And in a situation like that where you've got a group, go to the union. You pay them for this. They give you advice. They defend you. Go to the union. There is value in the union. That's why you pay them monthly. But don't not work. Correct. So do the work and then... And then challenge, challenge the, unpaid, the non-payment of the overtime allowance. Okay. Well, now, we, that first um, email we were talking about, we do have Samelo on the phone. Samelo, good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. So how are you? I'm okay. Did you hear us talking about your question in the beginning? Yes. Okay, well, uh, Michael just wanted some more information from you, Samilo. Oh, okay. How long were you there for? How long did you work there? It was up, up to nine months in full. Okay, so you must understand in, 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 yeah, yeah. that you only get paid one week severance pay per completed year of service. So if you worked for nine months and you're not entitled to any severance pay, do you understand that? Yeah. And that's a problem for you, I understand, but they don't have to, in law, do that. Although it appears from your description that they were trying to get you out in other ways beforehand. Is that you, correct? Can I please explain my yes, story? Yes, of course, yes. Yeah. Because what happened that day is, I was allegedly accused of inciting other employees. Right. Then, with immediate effect, I was removed from the mine sawing, being chased out. When I said to them, people, my problem is now, I'm in Tabazimbi, and distance from Tabazimbi to Velkom is as far as they know, and I haven't got money to go home. They said, then you, that's your problem. Then I had to see what to do. The same, on, uh, the same month, that was June, yeah, then uh, I, I was uh, informed of a date for the hearing. I attended the hearing due to insufficient uh, evidence. Their chairperson, my employer's chairperson, decided to dismiss the case. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. What, what, what they said now, my, my management, man, Smilo, you need to take a retrenchment or we will transfer you. 
I said, none of the two, because they were making me to choose. I said, none of the two, because I'm all right here. Even the representative of mine said, advised me not to take any retrenchment or, or, or transfer. To my surprise, if I'm, I was, if it was, I believe, a lawful retrenchment that happened, you cannot retrench me today as an individual. Next week, you employ about three to four. Okay. That's not right. If they employed people after you got retrenched, then it's wrong. The, yeah. What have you done? That was done in, in 2011. 2011. Is that correct? C come again. When were you retrenched? What date? It is 2011. But now Around we, June. So. We're now 2014. What's happened? And did you go to the CCMA or bargaining council? My case was handled by NUM. And that what, what happened, My the chairperson of the branch at Northern, uh, Northern Platinum Mine referred the case to their region in Rustenburg. So many stories I was told because a, a, an organizer decided to, 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 to resign from NUM. I have been calling the guy to update me, but nothing mm. came out positive in all of it. But I do have with me papers of uh, documents, emails between the, the, the NUM office and the head office in, in Pretoria, where they were discussing my issue. My, but my, up to now, nothing. Nam has done nothing for me. Okay, let me tell you something. Yeah. Your claim is against National Union of Mines for negligence. It's not against your employer anymore. That was three years ago. Yeah. And unfortunately, well, two and a half years ago, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to explain to the CCMA why you've taken two and a half years. They're going to say to you, you can't come to the CCMA and say, I want to be condoned for late filing, when in fact it's your representative that seems to be negligent, grossly negligent. So yeah. there are many cases against the unions, and this is your particular issue right now. Your case is in fact against the union and not your employer. Look, first of all, you must understand that the Platinum Mine didn't employ you. You were employed by a security company, not the Platinum Mine. Your case, yeah. would, have, your case would have been against the security company, but it's now too late. So you're going to have to, unfortunately, go find um, maybe legal aid, speak to legal aid, and go into the legal aid offices. You'll probably find them at the magistrate's court. Yeah. And say so you need to take a civil case against the mine, I mean, the, the National Union of Mine NUM, Workers. Yeah. yeah. So go and do that, um, because what they've done is a disservice, and it's dirty what they've done to you. But, Samila, don't leave it too much longer, because it's going to get to the point where that case is probably going to be too late as well. So you need to yeah. go tomorrow. Okay. Okay, because you, after three years, a civil case also expires. Uh, be careful. We're now two and a half years. Okay. Okay. Thank oh. you very much for listening in. We really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Good thank luck you. to you, Samilo. Okay, thanks. Bye. Good night. Bye-bye now. Bye. Right, oh gosh, the, the lines are absolutely full. Um,
I think before we get to our next caller, just let's us, let's do the last one of these emails. Um, it says, I'm writing to ask the following question. I applied for a job as a candidate attorney at a law firm. This is from Jacques, by the way. However, they said they can't employ me due to the fact that they are under pressure from a bank on whose panel they are on to comply with employment equity and BEE requirements. Is such conduct fair, he asks? Well, unfortunately, yes. Um, for equal qualifications, firms are in fact obliged to follow their employment equity uh, plans um, and they do follow the employment equity plans. So if you've got two individuals equally qualified, um, both of them candidate attorneys, the law firm can then have a look and say to fulfill our requirements of our employment equity plan, we would rather employ someone who's previously disadvantaged. But can they use the excuse that they're under pressure from a bank on whose panel well, they're on? Yes, so they can Is because the banks, okay. the banks, in fact, do insist on employment equity plans being met. And they say we, we need to ensure for our own plan, we need to ensure that we're dealing with people who have BEE requirements and we need to meet that. Yes, it, it is unfortunately unfair in the sense that it's not Jacques' fault that we had problems in the country over apartheid, but this is what this is what the law does say. Sorry, Jacques, but uh, yes, that's where we are. Right. Uh, the next call is from Mbongaseni. He sent us an email. It was about five pages long, Mbongaseni. I said I couldn't read it out because we would have been here all night. So we decided to call him. He's on the line. And Mbongaseni, if you can be as quick as you can, because you, you can't go through those five pages. You won't get any more calls on the line. Good evening to you. Evening. Hi. Sorry, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And having, thank you for having me. Only a pleasure. Do you want to briefly tell Michael what your problems are? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I once was involved in a car accident in 2007, which I went on trial for in a court of law. The court findings were in favor of the state. This verdict was based primarily on the contravention of traffic laws. Hence, I was charged on for traffic offense. That was while I was... I was working for the SATS as a police officer. At the preceding year, I went to work for the municipality in the legal services unit as a license inspector. Not much later than a year working as a license inspector, I was charged for fraudulent misrepresentation. Concurrently, my supervisor was also charged with similar offense. But there were different outcomes in this similar offense which amounted to in inconsistency. A misrepresentation on my part emanated from lack to disclose that I once was found guilty by the court of law. This non-disclosure was never in any way a, a gesture of displaying contempt of law or non-remorse. Rather, it was rooted from my misunderstanding that I was found guilty for the traffic charge. Therefore, I had answered incorrectly in the application forms when I said no to a question which was asking, and I quote, have you ever been convicted of any criminal offense? Close quote. And my supervisor charged was also misrepresentation with differing attitudes from me. He was charged for having fraudulent metric qualification. He had previously been charged for claiming overtime salary. 
he had never worked for. He never was dismissed. Instead, was given a written final warning, but I was dismissed while it was my first time offence within the dispensation of municipal employment. Dismissed with immediate effect, no warning whatsoever, and sent to pack and leave premises of the council. Another embarrassing factor is that my union representative ended up controlling the date of my matter, but fortunately I caught him. As a result, I ended up representing myself at arbitration. Right. That is the long and short of it. Gosh, doesn't sound too good there, Mbongaseni. Michael? Yeah, well, and you represented yourself, and what actually happened at the arbitration? What happened at the arbitration? Did you lose it? Yes, I I, 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 I lost the case. The the, the arbitrator ruled in favor of the municipality. Okay. Even I stated that there was inconsistency in in dismissal. When When did this happen? What, what, when was it? It, 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 it was 2009. Yeah. And, and you couldn't go to take it on review, um, I'm reading from your papers here, because you didn't have any money and you couldn't get legal aid to take it on yes, review I'm... to the Labour Court, is that correct? Yes, correct. I don't think there's much you can do now, that was five years ago, and if you couldn't do it then and they wouldn't give you legal aid, uh, there's basically very little you can do. Um, my my suggestion is that you move on. I don't think I don't think you're going to get anywhere. Mainly because the time is up. Is that it? Well, yes, and also because there's been a ruling against him already, and to take it on review is not so easy. Reviews are not an appeal. It's not an appeal against a, a ruling, and you have to show that the arbitrator was biased against you in some way because of some reason, and that's very difficult to do and especially without any money it's difficult because if legal aid's not going to help you um you got to get a transcript of the whole arbitration once you've got a transcript then you need to file papers and invariably in the labor court i always suggest that people have an attorney uh, don't do it yourselves because it's a very complicated process the reviews it's not an appeal yeah. so my strong suggestion to you is that you move on this is five years ago and I know you're upset about it. I know you're angry. And it does sound like you've been done a dirty. Um, again, we have a case in front of us where I'm having a look at your papers where yeah. Samu didn't want to help you. They, they seem to have made a complete mess um, yeah. of your papers. And again, I would blame the union for a lot of this mess because they should have been there. They first of all should have done it properly. And second of all, they should have been at the disciplinary hearing and at your arbitration. Um, yeah. And it doesn't look like they did you a service at all. Is it too late for him to do anything about that? Yeah, it's also too late for that. But the lesson to be learned for everyone that's listening to your case, and it's a good thing you phone us to tell us, yeah. is that if the unions do this to people, and they seem this seems to become a regular occurrence. Well, it's the second one tonight. Yeah, but I find it every day in my law firm. What happens is people come and tell me our unions drop them at the last minute. Um it, it sounds like the unions are not doing what they're supposed to do. Oh. And in your case, they did you a complete disservice. First of all, they don't run your disciplinary hearing at all. Then they don't prepare properly for your arbitration. They don't know the dates. Um, it's a complete mess. 
and you were left to do it all alone. And I think that's unfair, especially when yeah. they were deducting from your salary for their dues every month. Um, so it's a good thing that you alert us to it so that other people listening can hear about the sorrows that you went through and to try and avoid it. So you're helping others. But in yeah. terms of your case, I don't think you must do anything at all. It's too late. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry we couldn't help you with better news. Okay. But Thank thanks for much. chatting with us. Thank you, Mbongi. Good night. Okay, good night. Bye-bye. Right, Willa in Cape Town. Good evening. Hello. Hi, Willa. How are you? I'm fine, and you? Okay? Good, I'm very well. How can we help you this evening? Yes, uh, I want Mr. Michael to help me. I had a problem with CCMA. Yes. Yes, I had a case 2011, so I win everything. So we agree everything, they're going to put the money to to my bank. But until today, I never received nothing. And then after that, I go back to the CMA. They say I must go to, to labor court. I go to labor court. So after that, they say I must go to the sheriff. The sheriff, they say I must pay one point something to get the money so the problem is I'm not working I don't know what I must do now okay have until you still so far, until so far I didn't get my money and you still got um, your papers everything I have it I and can bring it tomorrow if you can help yes me. I'm in Cape Town I can help you yeah and, and me I too can... I'm in Cape Town and my, my firm is Bagram's Attorneys, and I'm going to give you the phone number over the air. Have you got a pen, Willa? Have you got a pen? Yes, I have a pen now. Uh, 021. Yes. 4. Yes. 222. 4222. 860. Yes. Okay, and then you will phone my office, and I will tell you where I am, and then you can bring the papers, and I'll try and get that for you. Yes. From what time until what time tomorrow? From eight thirty to four thirty, then you should you should be able to get through. Okay, thank you. So thank it's you. four triple four, two. Four, four two two two. Yes. Eight six zero. Okay, thank you. Bagram's attorneys. Thank you. Thanks. I will try thank and you. get that for you. It sounds very unfair. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, a good thing you live in Cape Town, Willa. <laughs> yes, I'm in Cape Town. <laughs> That's a good thing you live in Cape Town. Yeah. Michael's in okay, Cape Town. Thank you. Good luck Thanks. to you. Thanks for getting through. Good night to you. Thanks. Bye. Right, another Cape Townian, Sharon. Good evening. Good evening. Hi. And thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Just a quick question uh, or some confirmation that I need. Um, if one is retrenched and you're reemployed within one year of being retrenched, regardless of whether your pension was paid out or not, is that regarded as unbroken service? Yeah, if it's less than 12 months, less than 12 months. If you've been away for 11 months and you get employed again, then it's unbroken service. The basic conditions of Employment Act talk about over 12 months, then it's broken service. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's actually, um, I'm phoning on behalf of a traveling companion. There's just a chance that she said to me, no, her date of engagement is now, uh, and she was actually uh, working on, co on a contract basis various attempt assignments for the same company, and then she was re-employed as well within that year. But then, of course, there are perks like long service bonus, retirement gift, depending on how long you were with the company for, and, of course, leave accrual as well. So you're saying that... Um, yes, uh, the Basic Conditions of Employment Act is absolutely solid on that. 
um, once once you have less than 12 months away then you are deemed to have permanent service and it's continuous service okay wonderful how long was the break sharon it was um within a year i did confirm that with her so it wasn't just 12 months or just no, over no 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 in fact she was employed temporary for that year so she was the still there company. oh yeah, so she was no, never no, gone no. okay exactly no, you, 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 there's no problem. You, in fact, go back and tell her that for the purposes of determining her length of service, she has got permanent employment. And I'll read it to you if I, if I may do so. Yes, certainly. It's the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. It's yeah. Section 84, and it's called Duration of Employment. And it says this, For the purposes of determining the length of an employee's employment with an employer, for any provision of this act, previous employment with the same employer must be taken into account if the break between the periods of employment is less than one year. Okay. That's absolutely clear. Okay, so it has nothing to do with whether the pension has been paid out or not? Not at all. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Thanks so much. Pleasure. Sharon, Thanks. just one thing before you go. If you want a copy of that basic conditions of employment, you can just drop me an email to law at safm.co.za and I can email it to you and then you've got it in writing. Wonderful. I must definitely will do that. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Sharon. Thank Good you. night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And just for all of you listening out there, there are a list of available documents. I keep saying this every week, but there are. They're on the, on the Facebook page, so it's law on SAFM. That's on the Facebook page. Or drop me a mail, law at safm.co.za, and just uh, after you've had a look at the list, or you can ask me to send you a copy of the list, and you can choose what you want. But there are some really, really helpful documents there that will in some cases, possibly make your life a lot easier. So don't forget it's Law on SAFM on the Facebook page or law at safm.co.za. Right, Joe in Middleburg, good evening. Good evening, how are you, ma'am? Hello, Joe, well, thanks, and you? I'm fine. Allow me, uh, before I address uh, Mike, uh, Hi. to really uh, express my disappointment at the way... Um, some unions are disappointing their members. Yeah, we've been I, hearing that tonight, unfortunately. It doesn't sound yeah, very positive I, I, at all. I'm actually a, an official of the Sorry, um, we, we missed that, Joe. You're uh, an official of? You, you broke up there? You're an official of? I'm an official of the union. Oh, of, of a union, okay. Yes, it's a newly established union. I was previously with a Kosato affiliate, but now I belong to a small and newly established union. And when I hear workers uh, complaining that the uh, unions have uh, uh, not served them well. It's really very, very sad. Yeah. Um, but uh, in addition to that, let me, let me go straight to my issue. As an official of the union, as I've already said, we actually recruited uh, employees from a particular uh, security company uh, before the end of last and uh, I was shocked to discover that uh, this company has employed, has actually changed uh, the contracts of these employees uh, from uh, what is basically uh, under the sectoral determination, which is governing security employees and companies, into self-employed uh, security employees. 
Meaning that uh, yeah. these employees are independent contractors, which is nonsense. Are independent contractors. Yeah. I just wanted to check whether, because according to me or uh, the little knowledge that I have, uh, because now I'm busy actually seeking information. I'm doing research to find out whether are these really uh, are these uh, contracts uh, valid, or uh, is there any legal loophole there? Because uh, I don't believe that uh, they are beneficial to these yeah. employees. Actually, these employees are complaining that they do not want these these contracts. So my question is whether are these contracts, these uh, independent contracts. Uh, uh, really valid uh, when it when it, when it comes to to the law because I understand that uh, as far as uh, sexual determination number six, if you are not mistaken, every employer has to comply with that sexual determination. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's a very interesting question, and thank you very much for it. Let me let me first of all say well done to you. Um, in that you are listening to the problems that people have raised about trade unions and as an independent small union outside the Kosato umbrella, um, I hope that you will never give your members such a hard time and I don't think you will because you recognize that immediately. So thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. Uh, because your your members are your, your paying people. They keep you employed. So... And as a as a um, shop steward there, um, or an official, sorry, um, yeah. you must watch and you must make sure that you represent your people all the time. Sure. Now, getting to your question as to whether the employees of an of a security company, well, not employees, they call them independent contractors, yeah. are true independent contractors. I want to point you to section two hundred capital A. Yes. Of the Labor Relations Act, if you get a chance, you can get that also on Corin's um, uh, email or website. Sorry. Yeah, um, Joe, if you just drop me an email, law at safm.co.za, I'll I'll send you a list of all the documents that I have available, and you can choose what you want. Okay. Oh. Now you go yeah. to the Labor Relations Act, go yeah. to Section 200, Capital A, and have yeah. a look at that. You will see that these people are actually working there. And doesn't matter what they call them, they are actually employees. A judge okay. at the end of the day will have a look at it and say that if they have a uniform, if they're told what to do, if they get a salary, if they have control over them, all those factors you'll see in the Labor Relations Act all show that they are actually employees and it's a sham. It's a lie to call them independent contractors even if they've signed the contract. Okay. The judges don't look at the contract. They look at the reality, what's actually happening on the ground. And you yeah. as a union are obliged to come forward and say, that is not true. That is a fiction. It's a nonsense. And we're not going to accept it. And once they then are deemed to be employees, then the company is obliged to follow the determination. Okay. Okay. So you're on the right track. You must represent your employees, your members. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, Mike, thank you very much That's for that a information. Pleasure. Because uh, just to not to believe the, the issue, uh, we actually had a case uh, last year, but it was regarding severance pay for other employees. And uh, this issue came up, came up uh, in the very same case. And I, I, I actually 
um, irritated the, the, the arbitrator by con constantly saying that uh, these independent contracts are illegal and uh, they are also unconstitutional. Correct. So the, the arbitrator told me that, no, I must not get into issues of constitutions because uh, uh, apparently I was, I was still small when it comes to that issue. But I... I, I you I were right. You, you were absolutely right. It's not, yeah. it's not correct. It's not unconstitutional. It is illegal in terms of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act and it's illegal in terms of the Labor Relations Act. And yeah. in fact, even the receiver of revenue will mm. say that if a person earns more than 75% of their income from one source, then they are deemed to be an employee, not an independent contractor. Okay. Okay, so you've got a whole lot of law that backs you on this. Never mind what the arbitrator said. Yeah. Okay, you know in your gut feel that they're actually employees. You know that, and you I must, know this. You must I, fight for them. Yeah, that, that, is, that is why I was so shocked uh, to discover yeah. this. Yeah. Quite right. Well, Joe, you've restored our faith in union uh, representatives this Thank evening. You. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks for getting through. Bye -bye. Good night to you. Bye bye. Right, Hi. Paul in East London. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Corin and Michael. Hi, how are you, Paul? Uh, um, I, I wanted to ask you first of all, but I think you've clarified that um, the uh, retrenchment clause. Uh, you know, we, I, I went to the local labour offices here and I tried to get the um, the documents from them, and they said no, they don't hand them out. You've got to go to a stationery, you know, a stationery place that sells books and stuff. So I went to one of them. And I got a, a chart, but it was only just the references to the different uh, uh, acts, you know, labor uh, law acts. And that. It didn't give you any specifics except to say, oh, you know, uh, 19A and blah, 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 refer this and that and the other. But now I know that we can get it via you guys, via email and also on Facebook. So that, that's, that's 189, that's is it? 189, yes. All right. yes. Um, Paul, if you can just drop me an email to law at SAFM. .co.za. I'll send you the list of available documents, but if you're wanting just the retrenchment things, I'll just pop you those. No, that's fine, thanks. I've got that information now. The other thing is that a person I'm speaking on behalf of um, had a case and he went to CCMA um, the day that school started, and when they went in, the guy said to them, you, be you people will just hurry up and get, get through this today because I haven't got time. I'm taking my son to school and I don't know why they even booked a case for today. And he was apparently very abrupt and, and um, didn't really listen to much. Then left the room for, he said to them, you sort this out between yourselves. And he left the room for about 10 minutes or so and came back and said, okay, they're not making a decision. They'll notify the person uh, of the decision at a later date. And he got an SMS today to say that they've ruled in favor of the company that retrenched him. And as far as I can ascertain, they didn't go through any of the uh, things that you people mentioned on the radio that they have to follow to be able to retrench a person. So the question is, who can he go to now, seeing he's dissatisfied with the commissioner's um, decision yeah. on this matter? This sounds like a perfect case to take on review to the Labour Court. Okay. And what I would suggest is that um, you go into the local offices of the Labour Court yeah. and speak to the registrar who will give you the paperwork that you need to complete and fill in. Um, unfortunately, you do have to get the transcript of what took place on that day. Okay. Um, you say you got the ruling today? Yes, yes, by cell phone. Okay, well then I would go in and get that done as soon as possible. 
you do have 90 days in which to challenge it, but don't wait. Yeah. I would go and challenge that because this, what you're describing to me, unfortunately does happen on occasion. It's not, it's not often anymore. It used to be in the early days of the CCMA. But every now and again you get a commissioner who does something like that. It's not acceptable. It's completely reviewable. And it doesn't sound right or fair in any circumstances. And in fact, if the CCMA management find out and see the transcript of what took place, um, they're going to go mad. So I would get that transcribed, send it also to the senior management of the CCMA. They will take action as well. But that's really not fair what happened to your colleague. Okay. Thank you very much. Indeed. Pleasure. I do appreciate all the help. Absolute pleasure. Okay, and Paul, as tell, your, tell your colleague as well, he's got 90 days, so they need, you need to move fast. Otherwise, you'll end up running out of time. No, we will do it immediately because you only got the SMS today to confirm that they ruled in favor of the company. Okay, so off tomorrow he goes. Okay. Right. Thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot. Good night to you. Bye-bye. Just a reminder, if you need a reminder, you tune to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Karen Key, and this is The Law Report. My guest tonight is Michael Bagram, an attorney in Cape Town practicing as Bagram's attorneys, labor law specialists. And, of course, we're talking about labor law. If you have a question, call us on 0892 10 Benson in Cape Town, good evening. Good evening. How are you today? Very well, and you, Benson? Yes, I'm one of your listeners all the time, but uh, I don't know why I never come to you. But I remember I've spoken to Michael and you last time on the cruise start, but it's a long time ago about Uh, my issue. Yes, right. And you're down in Cape Town now. How can we help you? Yeah, I'm in Cape Town, yes. How can we help you, Benson? Okay, I have issues from uh, I was fired uh, since 2010, June, and then the matter went on and for the bargain council until November 2011. So I think I got until November or December this year. Then uh, they don't have to claim for the three years uh, maximum years. So my issue to us, there was in the company, there was a notice, just small notice that for the drivers to sign for, for deviating the, the, the route for the truck. If you, you, you deviate the route, you should sign the letter. But that is, they should explain to us nicely, but never explain to us. They were forcing us to sign, but not to read. That is the thing that led us to unfair dismissal. We were the number for six. I went to, the, because I was paying to my legal representative, I went to see the lawyer. The first time I went to see the lawyer, we never spoken for the full time. He said to me, no, his visa is going to Vusta. And okay, and then when he come back, he called me. But the lawyer since that time, he never called me. He never called me then. In the first day, I went for the consolation. He phoned me early in the morning that he told me, no, 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 if they ask you this and this and this, ask for the full time, all those things, that it was past eight. But since then, from the first day I met him, he never even talked to me. And then I wrote an email to my legal representative that uh, attorney who gave it to me. They need to be investigated, but my legal representative never do nothing. Then I found it was little suspect. Then we went for the arbitration. But the first for the consolation, I was happy, really, whatever the, 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 the consolation went down. I give all my papers. But for the arbitration, the, the arbitrator never even asked my papers. Because the director signed my, paper, my contract. Where I used to work, 
we uh, we used to work for the other company, but the director where we we were working, we were contracting, is owning the company, but he didn't want to tell us the truth. That is the way we were fighting for. See, after that, he signed my contract the day I was employed. He signed my contract. He said on the behalf of uh, this and this and this. In the place of the witness, he signed it in right in front of me. But the one for the, the name for the witness, that guy used to be a director before he uh, joined the company. He put his name there, that guy from Italian overseas. He returned back. I never even see the guy. In my increase, the paper for, to increase my salary, he's the that director. He, he signed it for, for, for that paper. But he's saying that he was working for the other company, but we, the company which we are working, but he do everything for us. But he don't want to tell us the, the, all the truth. I got the papers. We were, we, we joined the discovery. Okay, I'm sorry I went to interrupt you. Also. Can I just I interrupt? I Hold on, Benson. Benson. Sorry? Benson, tell me, what happened at the arbitration? Did you win the arbitration or lose the arbitration? The arbitration, I lost the arbitration. When was because that? What date was that? The date. Yeah, when was the arbitration? Uh, 11, in, in November 2011. But now you're too late. Did you go? To, did you take it to the labor court? Yes, because they, 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 when what happened there? When we went for the, 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 the when the results came, but yeah. they hide a little bit because it was too late. Because that time it was December. Then that uh, the, 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 the the attorney called me. No, I must take it to the the labor court. I All went right. to the labor court. I meet the guy which is booking uh, the, the date for the court. He said to me, No. Uh, you're late here, you don't have to come here. I say, okay. I phoned my legal representative. They don't do nothing. So until until today, I don't know what I can do for, with the court, with the court because I got all my papers, everything. I got all my papers, all the yeah, proofs. It's too late. It's too late now. You're over two years too late. Mm. It's too late a, now. No, much too late. That was in 2011. Yes. It's now 2014. Yeah. You can't do anything now. It's, you'll never, you'll never be able to take that on review. There's a thing because I didn't really know because we sometimes we the workers we don't know really what is going on. No, I understand but that. But you yeah. went, you went straight away to the labor court, and they told you already you're too late. When? How yeah. long? How long after the arbitration because, did you go to the labor court? Excuse me. How long after the arbitration did you go to the labor court? Okay, when the case was. Started. I went there. They, they asked me. I even went inside there. I saw the lady. Was a white lady in there. She accepted me. So okay. They told. She asked me, "Do you have uh, attorney?" I said, "Okay, I have attorney from the, my legal representative." So okay, he can't. He can't help me. Then I went through all my process with uh, the, the attorney. That attorney. But I told the, the legal, my legal representative about that attorney. But that we, me and the, with the, that attorney, we never even talk nothing. Yeah. yeah. Another case I, of bad yeah, representation. Bad representation. This time I'm blaming the attorney. Yeah. Not the trade union. But it's too late. There's nothing you can do now. It's three years ago. Yeah. So that is yes. the thing we're Sorry facing. About uh, that. We yeah. have a lot of problem because I didn't know really yeah. what we can do. That's when I'm trying. I know the lesson right. that everyone's got to learn tonight is that there are very strict time limits. When you find something mm. is wrong, you must move quickly. You mm. can't wait three years and then come forward and say, I'm now upset with my attorney. Because uh, I've got another case I've got here, because that's going to give it over to consumer. Con uh, con I think so, yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I also 
because I give it to them, and then I give it to the legal representative about my rental, because the sheriff, of course, they come to take my all my stuff. After losing that work, they, I didn't have any finance with me. They came, they took all my stuff, and then they never even give me that uh, seven days notice. Oh, that you must yeah. go, you must go to yeah. consumer protection. Mm. I think that the best the best thing for everybody to know tonight, if you're having a problem and you are getting unfortunately retrenched, or if there's a problem at work, phone us first Monday of the month. Speak to Michael. Don't leave it. <laughs> Don't leave it. <laughs> Just you mustn't leave phone us immediately first Monday of the month, or drop me an email if you have a problem. I'll put it on the list for us to to chat about, but don't leave it. So that's the lesson because that seems to have been the problem all the way through tonight. Is that people unfortunately. Things have been left a bit too long, and now there's nothing. You can exactly, do. because uh, the yeah. other attorney really, they, they, they're only working on the other people's poor people's pocket. Mm. Well, yeah. Benson, I'm so sorry we couldn't help you, but thank you so much for getting through to us tonight. Thank you very thank much you. for uh, your support. Only okay. a pleasure. Good night, Benson. Same to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Johannesburg, CJ, good evening. Hello, good evening, ma'am. How are you? Very well, and you? Um, very well. I just want to carry it, man. I've got a problem with the company that I'm working for. Uh, the the way I'm, how I'm working for is uh, we are driving uh, ultra-heavy vehicles, and uh, this uh, contract that we have is a 24-hour contract, and uh, we are two drivers in a truck. Right. And they say one driver work day shift, and the other work night shift. But as we do that operation day and night shift, the other driver don't knock off and go home. We always stay in the truck. And on the time sheet, they say we must write, if you work from day shift, you must write six to 1,800. If you work night shift, you must write 1,800 to six, uh, six o'clock in the morning. So, but I'm in the truck all the time, 24 hours. Yeah. I, I see it seems like it's unfair for me to be inside because during the time when the other driver is driving, my ticket is not moving. It only moves when I'm driving. Yeah. So I, I'm finding it to be so difficult for me if I can ride six to six and I'm staying in the truck at 24 hours and I'm only getting paid 15 hours a day. I, it looks to me it's unfair for me. I don't know how will I be able to convince uh, my boss in order to be able to know that I'm in the truck and what is the reason for me to be in the truck because my, I'm, I'm only driving from 6 to 6 and I'm not Ma going home. Okay, Michael. Okay, let me, let me explain that there is a bargaining council that controls trucking, transport. There's the Transport Bargaining Council and my suggestion is that if you get some time off, that you go to the bargaining council or phone them and speak to an inspector, and they will then do an investigation. Yes. You're right. I think it's in the truck. Yeah. But, but what they told me at the bargaining council, they say I'm resting when I'm in the truck. He's resting. How can I rest in no, the no, truck no, when that, the truck must, is busy moving? That's not fair. That's exactly it. It's not fair. You're on standby all the time. So yeah. my, my suggestion is that you do get them. You should be getting an allowance for that. Yes, I need to be getting an allowance, but I'm not getting paid for that. Because no. sometimes if I jump off the truck, oh, I, oh, the money is finished. CJ, uh, yeah, we're here. Hello? Yes, we yeah, can we're hear listening. you. We're listening yes. to you. 
I thought maybe it's turn off. You see, if I jump off, the company is trying to penalize me during the time when I'm not earning money. They yeah. want to charge me for getting off the truck. And when I get off the truck without their permission, they, they, they charge me for that. Yeah. Now, you must be getting an allowance, and the inspectors must give you the rules and regulations, and you take it to your union. Are you unionized? Yes, I am, but the reason being is that the, uh, there's a lot of problem, even if you can, maybe because of the software that we've got, is not up to date to the, to the main agreement of the bargaining council. Because the reason being, I understand that the, the, the bargaining council said oh, that when, they, when it becomes a shift, it's only between midnight and midnight. It makes one day. It makes a 24 hours. So you stay in a truck, you don't get paid, you jump off the truck, you're also not getting paid for that, and you yeah. penalize. Yeah. Now you must get your union to properly read and understand the and main it, agreement it from the bargaining council. Sometimes when you are in the truck, you feel that you are tired. Because one of the truckers killed somebody last month ago. Yeah. And they fired that person, forgetting that the guy is working 24 hours. Okay, but you must go and get the main agreement. You must get the union to study the main agreement and to give you proper advice, and then you must get an inspector to properly investigate. Okay. Thank you. Okay, CJ. Thank you. Thanks for getting through. Thanks, Good night to you. And just for you wanting to know out there, also on that list of available documents, there's a basic guide to bargaining councils, and there's also the updated 2014, January 2014 list of all the bargaining councils. So if you want that as well, it's all, uh, gosh, there's something for everybody on that list. Tabo in Soweto, good evening. Evening. Uh, Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm well, sir. Good, fine. How can we help, Tabo? Yeah, I spoke to you last time regarding the suspensions, and it was unfair. Because they were never informed that what they were suspended for. Right, okay. So there were three of them, and then it was a deviation of the route and selling the company's property. Right. So the one that has been fired, you see there is tag, it got your name and all those things. So the one that is fired, he went to, he never will sell the, the, the company's product. But the other two that came back to work, they only give them uh, warnings, uh, uh, final return warnings, and then they return back to work. Right. But they also sell the, pro the, 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 the company's product. On their checks, they went there, so they said, no, you guys can accept that. You went to the, to the scrapyard and sell the company's product because you were, you were escorting the other two guys for maintenance. So now the, the guy went to CCMA and then at conciliation, uh, the bosses say no. We can give you a two month salary. They said no. They said a six month salary. They said it's also. Uh, I don't understand why you want to buy me out because I never steal anything from the company. I agree. I divided the road, but I never said anything for the company. Okay. Those who steal, they also you, you, you reinstate them. They, they they are back to work now. So I'm also asking for my 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 job back. Okay, and, and did you and did you go and challenge it? So he went to he refused that six months salary, and then they went to arbitration. Right, and what happened at arbitration? And arbitration, it seems like it was an agreement that they have to go back to work. So later he said they said no, sign here, sign the papers, and then they said no, he will get the six months salary because he's got six years working with the company.
and we get the six month salary. So you signed. And one other thing that they 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 fired him for. They said they find these particulars at the scrapyard where they said they sell the property. And indeed, they never find it on the scrapyard. And they confess at the conciliation, but at the arbitration, and then because he don't have a witness, he doesn't have a lawyer. The company is, uh, doesn't have a union, so he lose the case like that. So he didn't didn't win the case at all. Yeah, at arbitration, but. I, because like at constitution they, they said they can buy him for they can buy him out with a six month salary but he didn't but, want that yeah he didn't want that because he was asking for his job back as the yeah, when I lost the case when was the arbitration uh, I think last week Tuesday so is he going to challenge it is he going to try and see if he can take it on review yeah yeah he still needs to challenge it but uh, he doesn't have a lawyer so he needs some advice, so what can he do now? Okay, he must go into Johannesburg and go to the Labour Court and go speak to the registrar in the Labour Court yes. in Johannesburg. The Labour Court's in Johannesburg. You're in Soweto, yes. is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, it's not far from you. Go to the Labour Court and get some advice from the registrar and they will tell you what papers you have to fill in. If you have a lawyer, Sorry? He, just, he hasn't got a lawyer, as he says. Yeah, but you go into the court yourself with him. Oh, yeah. And help oh, him, and the registrar will help you fill out the papers. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, Mike. Okay, thanks, Mike. Thank you. Okay, Tabo. Thank you. Thanks okay, very thanks, much. Thanks. 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 Good luck. Good night to you. Well, we've got about a minute and a half, which we're not really going to have time to speak to anybody else. So my apologies up front to Nelly and Nelspreet, Joseph and Mpumalanga and Sedile and Springs and Bongani and Springs. Honestly, we needed at least two or three hours when you're on, Michael, because one hour just never seems to be enough. And you said you had all sorts of interesting things to talk about, but we've also run out of time to talk about those. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, the callers, just, I mean, they were wonderful. We, it's, yeah. I love it when they all call in. But one, I think the main lesson to take out from tonight is if there's a problem, don't leave it. Yes, I mean, we're hearing from a lot of people. First of all, they've been messed around by their unions. And as soon as a union is not helping you and they're messing you around, I think the answer is quickly act on it. Either go into the CCMA or the Bargaining Council or the Labour Court yourself. Find out what can be done. Don't wait for a union to mess you around for months on end. And the other thing is you must understand that the minute you have a problem, you must raise an issue. Go and challenge it. You can phone the Department of Labour. You can phone the CCMA. There are lots of help centres. Don't just leave it and wait around for three years and then phone us. And then we have to give you the bad news, unfortunately. Correct. Well, my thanks once again this evening to Michael Bagram. He's the practicing managing partner at Bagram's Attorneys Labor Law Specialists in Cape Town. And he's been my guest on tonight's edition of the Law Report program. Michael, once again, thank you very much. Thank you. It was very interesting. It's quite taxing for us. Yeah. And, uh, but, <laughs> but it was, it was very helpful. Yes. And Michael will be back with us again on Monday, the 3rd of March. Remember, as I've been saying throughout the program, is a list of available documents on the Facebook page, Law on SAFM. If you'd like any of them, post a message on Facebook. But please, please, please remember to include your email address so I can send it to you. Or you could email me on law at safm.co.za if you don't have access to Facebook, and I will send you a list of those, those documents. The Law Report 
Report is on the air on SAFM every Monday evening between 9 and 10. And if you'd like to contact me, as I said, the email law at safm.co.za and Facebook law on SAFM. In next week's programme, being the second Monday of the month, we'll once again be joined by attorney Nicolene Skuman Lowe for our general law clinic. It's a law report next Monday, the 10th of February, and I'll be back with you tomorrow evening just after 9 with the disability report to so join me then. Stephen, good evening. I'm sorry I'm late.